I just had a thought. Uh-huh. Okay. What if I did a quiet intro and I'm just like, hey, everybody. I don't like this ASMR, Brian. <laughs> Hello. No. Thank you for tuning in. No? No. Just quiet. Was Steven Universe watching podcast. We watch Steven. Steven Universe. No. We watch it. No. no. Okay. <laughs> Into Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. Uh, my name is Brian. Uh, you can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod. You can find the podcast on the internet at Gay Space Pod. I use he, him pronouns. And with me, as always, is my bionic co host, August. Hello. Um, I assume by bionic you mean like I use assistive devices such as glasses to go through my daily life. Um, yes, I'm August. I use they them pronouns. You can find me on the internet at Harpydora on Twitter and uh, Harpydora on itch.io and one of the other podcasts that I do at FTL cast on Twitter and the other podcast I do at DKPH pod on Twitter. Yo, uh, we do a lot of podcasts. I talk yo. into microphones a lot, a lot. That's us. Um, uh, I just pick a descriptor at random every time, but the second I can get me some open source robot eyes, I'm getting them motherfuckers like slapped in there. That's fair. Uh, I don't know why robot eyes are the thing. I was so sad when, like, Google Glass slash HoloLens became, like, not things that consumers wanted. Because, like, that's the shit that I want. I want a heads-up display on my fucking glasses. Yeah, I mean, they're really good for, like, various non-consumer uses, and they found quite a niche there. But, yeah, yeah. and as far as consumer use goes, uh-uh. Right. Like because like having a HUD or like my directions right there in my my like that would have been great. It would have been the sickest shit. Yeah. The rest of you out there are cowards. That's why I don't have cool Google glasses now. They're just uh, also Google is just like Google loves axing projects, too. So it's partly that. Yeah. People are just tired of like other people going up to them while they're wearing Google glasses and screaming, okay, Google, search blue waffles. <laughs> you see, uh, speaking of uh, wearable technology, you see that Microsoft has like a sick ass military contract for HoloLens now. Uh huh. Yeah, great. Love that. Yeah. I love that for them and for us and for the world. Yeah, it cannot possibly be bad. Mm -mm. No. no. Uh, <laughs> hey, August, have you watched any cartoons lately? Um, Anya and I are still working our way through Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Um, it remains a very good show. Um, Where are you at? We're still in season... No, I... did we start season two? Um... Shit, fuck. Um, 
I don't remember. I want to say the last episode we watched was either Ludo in the Wild or like the one right after that. Um, okay. So, I mean, shit's going down. Toffee's ostensibly been exploded. So, you know, that's fun. Wands, yeah. the wand is. Ludo in the Wild is the half. one where, like, I guess where Ludo, like, like conquers all of the bad, like, becomes like king bad guy. It's right. It's the one where he he uh, is all by himself in the the middle of somewhere. He doesn't know where he's been flung to, and uh, yeah, and he has to survive. There's some kind of running gag with a bird, right? It's it's a running gag with potato chips. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, and him like luring animals with potato chips. Well, him trying to get potato chips and the animals taking the potato chips from him, and then he gets them finally and uses them to train the animals. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I obviously have a vague memory of this episode, but not an accurate one. <laughs> yeah. It's a good episode, all things considered. Um, but yeah, right around there. So. Okay. Otherwise, cool. I don't think we've really watched anything. We're behind on Falcon and Winter Soldier. We need to fix that. This week's episode was pretty, like, the, the, the episode you have missed was a pretty solid one. Um, Though I didn't like parts near the ending. They're doing that fucking, they're doing their st- st- stupid fucking revolutionary bullshit that they always do. Yeah. We're getting to Killmonger 2.0 again. Yeah. Um, though it's a little better than that, but it's like that same vein. But I mean, I guess I, I don't expect better from Marvel, so I wasn't disappointed by it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's not surprising. Marvel's politics have always kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, Speaking of a movie. Period. End <laughs> of sentence. Uh, <laughs> I watched uh, Kong vs. Godzilla, or Godzilla vs. Kong, or whatever fucking order that shit goes in. Uh, it's pretty good if you like to turn off your brain and watch two big monsters just fucking punch each other. Uh, also, it's got some, like, visually speaking, it hits in that same Pacific Rim vibe of, like, lots of smoke, lots of neon, destroying the Hong Kong... <laughs> Always Literally fun. just Hong Kong, yeah. Um, soundtrack is fucking great. Uh, the human characters are so inconsequential. I watched this, it's a two-hour movie, and I did not learn any of their names. I just, when I was recapping the movie for somebody, I referred to them as, like, Alexander Skarsgård, podcast man, daughter, uh, little girl who talks to monkey mom of a little girl who talks to monkey these are just what these characters are in my head (laughs) yeah i mean Um, movies like that are never about mm -hmm. the people they're about the monsters true pacific rim was kind of so i didn't watch king of monsters i just watched a highlight clip on youtube of all of the fights from the king of monsters uh because that's all i cared about um and there's some great visuals in that. When Rodan basically just fucking, like, flattens a city in its wake, that's pretty dope. But, um... So I didn't watch it. I don't know if this technology existed in the last movie, but, like, they went from, like... I watched the first Godzilla movie, and it was pretty grounded. And in this movie, they're just, like, out of the gate. They're, like, hollow earth theory, anti-gravity cars, 
fucking a hyperloop that goes from Florida to Hong Kong. <laughs> like, all kinds of shit. So, that's fun. Also, speaking of Pacific Rim vibes, I watched Pacific Rim The Black, or Black, or whatever the fuck it's called. That uh, Netflix Pacific Rim anime. I need to watch that really badly. It's pretty good. I still not a huge fan of 3D anime. Like, I know... It, it's just the movements are always so fucking herky-jerky in it. I mean... And it's like, I know that you can do a 3D cartoon that I can watch and, and like because I've watched The Clone Wars. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's one of those things where that style just hasn't quite found its footing when it comes to, like, rigging, I think. Yeah. But, like, other 3D cartoons have figured out the rigging thing, so just, like... Who knows? Uh, yeah. Though, when they get into the robots, it's pretty solid. Probably just because it's, like, a lot, like, a lot bigger, wider movements. It's not as nuanced. Um, there's also an AI in the, in the Jaeger who has a personality, so, you know, there's that for you. That's always (laughs) fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the, the AI also has a tragic backstory, probably. Oh, good. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I guess it is canon. The, the last two episodes of the, the, the first season answered my question of, like, is this canon to the first two, first two movies? And it is. It has elements from both, actually, used in interesting ways, so. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm not a huge fan of Pacific Rim 2. Like, I don't think it's a bad movie, but it just had, like, a big shoes to fill, and it didn't fill them at all. It just was yeah. a whole different thing. It was um, It was okay. I mean, like, it was a vehicle for John Boyega to have a lot of fun. You could tell he was having a lot of fun. Yeah. I, have, I don't think the movie, again, the movie's not bad. It just had a lot of shoes to fill for me. And yeah. I do like the basic plot idea. The execution um, just wasn't quite there. Yeah. I like the Jaeger. Jaeger drones are pretty sick. Yeah. And they come back in this Pacific Rim the Black. Oh, nice. Yeah, sort of. In a very weird way. Uh, I'll tell If you want to, I'll tell you when we're not recording, so I'm not spoiling everybody for this thing that just came out. Okay. Well, you um, would be spoiling me, and I don't want to be spoiled. Okay. Well, fine, then. Yeah. You'll never know now. Yeah. That's fine. I'm going to delete the last episode from 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 Netflix. I mean, that's fair. Uh, I've, I feel like I've proven that I'm a good enough hacker to do that. Yeah, you just keep rolling sixes. Sixes just keep rolling them. <laughs> See, I used to be super superstitious about not talking about rolling the sixes, but it seems to have not stopped anything. So <laughs> if anything, it's only made me more powerful. Uh Alrighty. Uh, do we have any cartoon news this week? Uh, uh, Pacific Rim The Black got a... Uh, got renewed for a second season, so that's pretty cool. Neat. Um, I think Ray and the Last Dragon has hit uh, Disney Plus proper, so I might watch that finally. Mm. Uh, I, I heard Lindsay Ellis got, like, run off of Twitter because she had a really bad take about Rhea and the Last Dragon. But I don't maybe. know how true that is. Uh, I saw the two of the stunt coordinators, the two people who mo-capped most of the fight scenes, 
Uh, they were on Stunt People React on Corridor Crew's YouTube page. So they, they seemed like they, they very much enjoyed the fights. So Cool. Yeah, it's a good... I mean, you know, Fi is a Disney movie. I'm not super invested in its existence. Yeah. Um, alrighty. Well, let's get into it. This week, we are covering episodes 59, 60, and 61, Rising Tides, Crashing Skies, Keeping It Together, and We Need to Talk. Um, first up is Rising Tides, Crashing Skies. It debuted on June 16th, 2015. It was written by Lamar Abrams and Helen Joe. Did they write... I'm going to look this up real quick. Did they write the last Aranon episode? Uh, where's Keep Beach City Weird? Second, Sorry, give me just a second. Here we go. No, they did not. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Everybody gets a turn at the Ronaldo wheel. Uh. <laughs> uh, the official synopsis for this episode is Ronaldo does some investigating, investigative uh, reporting on whether Steven and the Crystal Gems are safe for Beach City. Yes! Yeah. Holy That's shit. It. They That's did the it. whole thing. They did it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh fuck succinct to the point informational holy shit still leaves you wondering what happened like yeah i mean i guess this is technically i mean not even technically this is decidedly a filler episode um but like so i guess they there's nothing to get there's no big plot to give away but but they, they nailed it yeah Alrighty. Well, the episode begins with an official-looking video interview. If it, what? <laughs> mm. The episode begins with a quote, official-looking video introduction, a blue background with the words "Studio Fryman presents" in white letters. Um, the camera then fades to a view of Beach City with Ronaldo narrating in the background. He's talking about all of the uh, dire things that have happened to Beach City. And then we hit the title card, crashing t- uh, Rising Tides, Crashing Skies, uh, something, something. I didn't write it all down. Um, basically, Ronaldo has created a uh, documentary about the happenings from the season finale of season one uh with all of the big uh alien explosions happening uh this is all done through uh i what i assume is a video uh shot and edited by pd and ronaldo uh in kind of a First person, uh, history channel, ancient alien style, like docudrama sort of deal. Uh, the scenes, uh, basically they cut between videos of Peridot's ship descending as Ronaldo sort of recaps what happened in season one. Ronaldo is shown, uh, interviewing different people from, uh, the town about the invasion. He talks to, uh, Nanafwa and PD in the PD scene, he talks about how uh, upset PD was to leave and comforts him somewhat, uh, and uh, then shows video of uh, 
of the hand descending and then uh, the explosion that happens, though he doesn't catch that on camera and he has to do a reenactment on the beach using his own hand, a board in a tin can. Um, my boy is nothing but not resourceful, I guess. Um, he then goes on to uh, talk about uh, other members of the town, talking about the crystal gems, talking with Sadie uh, about them, where Sadie sort of explains kind of who the crystal gems are. Uh, we then talk to Kiki and Jenny, who are ta all, who are relating their experiences that they've had with the crystal gems, with Jenny interrupting Kiki and talking about... Um, how Garnet almost punched her in the face this one time, which I imagine is the uh, the episode where Stephen hangs out with the cool kids is what she's talking about. Uh, and finally, we interview Mayor Dewey, uh, who credits the voters for choosing somebody trustworthy as mayor for saving the city. When Ronaldo corrects him about the Crystal Gems, uh, Mayor Dewey gets really, uh, gets really nervous, and when Ronaldo mentions... Uh, Something vaguely sounding like a cover-up, Mayor Dewey loses his shit and sick security on him. Uh, Ronaldo decides to get to the bottom of this, going to the source. He goes to the temple and talks with Stephen. Uh, Stephen very graciously invites uh, Ronaldo and Petey into his home. <laughs> um and recounts the events, saying that the spaceship was there for the Crystal Gems, and Ronaldo is like, so if the Crystal Gems weren't here, we wouldn't have had any of these issues, and Steven's like, yeah, definitely, no one would have come here if we weren't here. <laughs> um, uh, then, at that point, Ronaldo shifts the idea of the documentary about being less about the events and more about the Crystal Gems themselves, how they are a threat to the town, how uh, they are... The, this big danger that is there. Uh, Ronaldo goes to confront them to tell them about this, uh, though approaches on the beach as they are fighting a giant crab monster, which is apparently a uh, Bix bite. Uh, he approaches Steven after the uh, giant crab comes through view and he accuses him and the gems of being a danger to the city. Uh, Steven says that the gems are there to protect everyone, but Ronaldo counters with the point that all of the monsters seem attracted to the gems uh, thus putting the city in danger. Pearl says that the gems were here long before the city, but Ronaldo is not swayed. Uh, Garnet uh, interrupts abruptly, and she says that they should leave since they are not wanted, uh, leaving out of frame, where Ronaldo looks very satisfied with himself. Back at the shop, uh, Ronaldo is complimenting himself about getting rid of the gems when Petey mentions that without the gems... Uh, all the strange shit in the town that Ronaldo blogs about won't happen. Ronaldo realizes the error of his ways, curses the fucking sky, and runs to the temple, pounding on the door, begging for the crystal gems to stay. Finally, Garnet opens the door, and Petey, or not Petey, Ronaldo, Petey doesn't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> Ronaldo begs her to stay, where Garnet's like, yeah, sure, fucking whatever, and closes the door. Uh, as the documentary ends, uh, Ronaldo is happy that he has a, uh, he has saved his blog and he thinks that he might have a future intergalactic diplomacy. Uh, we zoom out to watch the crystal gems who are watching this documentary on TubeTube, which is their YouTube analog. Uh, and Pearl is like, how many people have watched this? And Amethyst is just us because they only have one view. And then, uh, Steven smashes that like button, uh, star wiped the end. Uh, <sighs> Stephen, why must you encourage him? I know this is a this is at least th this is much better than the last Aranon episode for sure. Yeah, it is, but 
it's still <laughs> like he gives off really heavy incel vibes in this episode. I don't know. I can't put my finger on exactly what about the way that he's acting is what gives me those vibes, but he seriously is just like, yeah, girls don't want nice guys. Like, he just has that energy, and it drives me I mean, up he the does just wall. have that energy. I don't... It may just be because Ronaldo's at, like at a, a nine out of 10 here energy level wise. But I feel like uh, I don't necessarily get more incel vibes than usual off of him. Just bigger incel vibes, I guess, because he's so he, he's just a bigger personality this episode. Yeah. I thought this was a public on public access initially when I was first rewatching this episode. And I realized that he's in the lighthouse. He just set up a little stage in the lighthouse. That makes sense. So it's, it, it definitely, they're definitely pulling on that like classic public access TV show vibes for the for the look though, which I I very much enjoy. As a person who mainlines coast to coast AM, uh, pretty regularly, uh, <laughs> I appreciate wackadoo fucking public access AM radio bullshit. Fair. One day I'll finish my coast to coast EP. Uh, been working slowly on like an EP of like electronic music that feature heavily features samples from Coast to Coast AM. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Kiddo, stop it! Uh, the camera work in this episode is pretty good too. Like I like all of the like the you know camera verite bullshit. It's not what's happening, but yeah. Um, like, I, like, it's very, it moves really good. Like, it feels, even. I mean, obviously it's not realistic, or it's not real, but, like, it feels like a camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it, it feels like what they are <laughs> trying to portray. Um, it, it just, it looks good. Although, like, Petey's, what, 12? How did he get so good at, ca- at being a camera person? Uh, I mean, how did Petey get, Petey's the Petey's, most competent person yeah. in Beach City. Like You're right. Petey's like actually 42. He's been at this for a very long time. So, uh, the relate, like this does do a pretty decent job of making Ronaldo slightly less of a fucking prick. Uh, yes. cause I feel like he's very nice to Petey in this episode. Yeah, I mean, he does kind of, he roasts him unintentionally because I don't think Ronaldo realizes that he's embarrassing Petey when he's showing images of him crying about the shop. Yeah, uh, but he does seem supportive and nice to Petey. He's not like yelling at him there because they easily could have gone the route where like Ronaldo's a fucking prick to Petey the whole time. Yeah. And like doing something to compel Petey to be doing this. It seems like Petey's doing this. Because he wants to support his big brother. Like, it doesn't seem like he's being coerced in any way. And, you know, Ronaldo, like, at the end, like, with the end credits, like, he kind of downplays Petey's involvement. But when they're actually, like, in the thick of it, like, he's not being mean to Petey in any way. Which is, you know, it's nice. It's refreshing. Yeah. And compliments him about the camera work. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that his the, the lower third on his dad is executive producer. Yeah, 
I also just the lower thirds in general were very good. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. They gave me like I love like obviously this came way before AEW but like I love it's a thing I love about the AEW uh like lower thirds cuz like you just a lot of times people just glance it and don't read it so they just put a lot of weird jokes in there. Yes. Um It's it's very solid. Also this whole video has like solid vibes of a lot of YouTube videos that I watch. <laughs> Yeah, this could be an actual YouTube video I would have consumed. They've they've really nailed they've they've nailed everything about the vibe that they're going for. Mm -hmm. Like conceptually, this is a very solid episode. It doesn't like it uh, of frankly of like filler episodes. This pushes the least plot forward, I think, because it's really just a recap. But it's probably important because you're onboarding new viewers at this point. Like it's very succinct recap of where we are in the story which is probably useful for a kid's show like this yeah uh mayor dewey's in the pocket of big diamond uh, <laughs> yeah there's there sure is something going on there uh, i need to look this up do kiki and jenny have the same voice actor um i'm pretty sure they don't okay they sound very similar which it makes they- sense because they're they do sound similar, but I'm pretty sure they don't. Yeah. But you're the one looking at the wiki, so. Yeah. How did you pronounce that? Wiki. It's one more time. No. I refuse. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, it actually is the same voice actor. Oh, okay. Reagan Gomez, Gomez Pres- Reagan Gomez Preston. Okay. Um, which makes sense since like they're twins, they should theoretically, I guess, sound the same. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, they, that, that makes it, it, that's fun. That's a fun thing. I never noticed it cause, cause like I, I've watched a lot of Steven Universe and it never occurred to me like, oh wait, Kiki and Jenny are the same voice actor. Uh, she just modulates her voice slightly differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's real fun. Uh, do I love how not even Ronaldo knows what onion is. Yep. Just a fucking mystery. Un- what I have right here? Onion always wakes up and always chooses violence. Yeah. I uh-huh. love just smacks the mic out of his hand. <laughs> like, God, shit that he is. God, I still remember the the theories the fan theories that onion was actually yellow diamond or some shit i'm not convinced that he's not uh uh uh, did you hear the stuff that ronaldo was like listing off that the gym like the the homeworld gyms could have been there for yes like the subsidized wind farm (laughs) yeah uh how do i move to steven universe world (laughs) I don't know. I, uh. Cause like, that's a thing that like, I mean, it, it must be people who kind of like live in the area writing that dialogue. Cause like, that's a thing that's been proposed, especially for like the, the Northeast on the coastal towns. Because if you put like a wind farm slightly out into the fucking ocean, like it's gonna, it's gonna go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but no one wants that. 
Uh, but in the Steven Universe world, we're Russia's giant hole, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Delmarvo. Mm-hmm. Uh, crab time. Crab time. All... Big crab. All, all the steps in the crab cycle are crab. <laughs> why does shit keep... I guess if you're talking about that, like, uh, why does shit keep evolving into crabs? Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. It, it's like a diagram, and it's probably talking about carcinization, which is mm-hmm. also just a fun word, but it's just like the crab cycle. The only step is crab, and it's just like a crab with a circle around it. Um, it looks like it could have been from a textbook from the 90s. <laughs> just the concept um, of carcinization, though. It's true. It's all apparently that's a big spite will come. We will see big spite again. Mm-hmm. Uh, come Steven Universe future. So, okay, so keep keep an eye out for you. Cannot miss her. Frankly, <laughs> she continues to be vaguely crap like. Um, uh, Garnet is fucking the MVP of this entire week. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love uh, I love everything about Garnet in uh. This set of episodes. It's true. She's fucking great. I mean, also, uh, Ronaldo's not... I hate when Ronaldo's not wrong. God damn it. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's like how it's like how sometimes libertarians say things that are incredibly compatible with leftist politics, and then it's just like, no, I don't want to be associated with you. <laughs> I'm not believing this on principle now. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Also, we have confirmation that Ronaldo earns a fedora, so that's great. Yeah. I'm glad that we now know that for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, just like mad YouTuber vibes out of the, I, I, just like the end of it is like PD being like, yeah, isn't this going to fuck you up, bro? And he's like, holy shit, I fucked up. Oh, God. <laughs> uh I don't know. This is a very fun episode. Uh, there's not like a whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. But like conceptually, what it set out, it it nailed what it set out to do. Yeah, it's just uh, it's very fluffy. Like mm-hmm. this is possibly the fluffiest episode that we've watched up until this point. I think the on- like the only thing that could give it a run for its money is that like Garnet anime episode. But that had Garnet, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that was an episode that went a long way towards establishing, like, how Steven feels about Garnet and the other way around. Oh, that's true. Yeah. This one seems more utilitarian, like, okay, we need to write in a recap episode. Mm Because, like, this might have been just before they took a big break or something. I can't remember. There was something about where this episode... Um... Okay, I think this was the start of Stephen Bomb 2. Mm. Um, so it was kind of, I guess that, that makes sense that it kind of like sat as a recap for, for what's going on in the series. And we're going to hit a whole lot of episodes this week. So this, not us, the show. We're, yeah. we're only covering two more. <laughs> we abandoned Steven Universe. We are not following its, its horrible release schedule. <laughs> Just three episodes, sometimes four. 
uh, smash that like button, Steven. Comment, subscribe. It would have been great if they had, I guess, like, I don't necessarily know if the YouTube culture had become the, the, the way that, engage, like, the algorithm probably didn't function. And I know for a fact it didn't function the same in 2014 when they probably wrote the episode. Yeah. Uh, but if they, it, 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 they could have gone back and added, like, uh, you know, tell us what your, tell us about your thoughts in the comments down below from a Ronaldo. That would have been great. Lord. Uh, Love it. All right. Anything else about uh, crashing or rising tides, crashing skies? Just once again, Steven, stop supporting him. Like sometimes you've just got to understand that you need to not support your friends. Yeah. Sometimes you've got like Ronaldo needs support, but somebody to real talk his ass. Yeah. He needs someone to smack his hand and tell him no. Mm hmm. Uh, alrighty, moving on to, uh, episode 60, Keeping It Together. Uh, this episode was June 17th, 2015, uh, written by Raven Mullacy and Paul Velico. Uh, I'm gonna be interested if we see, if this is the writing team through the entire series, like, if these are the these same names keep coming up, or if we're gonna find new people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't honestly know too much about the, how, as the series goes along, the makeup of the Crooniverse. Steven and the Crystal Gems revisit the kindergarten and find a dark secret. <laughs> eh. Yeah. We've we went had from worse. A, yeah, the previous, previous one, that was a 10. That was a 10 out of 10. This is like a 6. I'd, I'd say it's maybe a 7. Yeah, so, let's do 6.5. Six and you a could, half, yeah. You could get it to a passing grade with a little yeah. extra credit. Right. Rising Tide's definitely a 10, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The, the, the fucking... The, that should be the er fucking episode synopsis. Yeah. Um, The episode begins with the Crystal Gems helping Steven fold his laundry. Uh, they're discussing Peridot's presence on Earth uh, and the possibility that Peridot might reactivate the kindergarten despite uh, crash landing on Earth. Uh, during the discussion, the gems mention the reasoning behind um, gathering Stephen. Or blah, sorry. During the discussion, the, the gems and Stephen talk about why they're all folding laundry. Basically, there was a chore wheel, and it failed because uh, each name got replaced by pearls. I assume by pearl. Um, Stephen uh, hints that the laundry would go faster if they had two more sets of hands in the form of Ruby and Sapphire. Garnet is like, I'm not un like I'm not unfusing to do laundry, even though Ruby and Sapphire would love to see you, Stephen. Uh, I'm not doing that for fucking laundry. Mm -hmm. uh, the gems continue to discuss Peridot. Uh, Garnet believes that Peridot isn't interested in the crystal gems, but maybe that she's there for the kindergarten to maybe reactivate the injectors. Steven uh, wonders what the injectors are, and Pearl explains that basically what they do is they seed um, gems into the ground that then feed off the life force of the planet, thus slowly draining the planet of its life force. Amethyst is um, kind of uncomfortable during this discussion, uh, but the gems decide to just go and investigate the kindergarten themselves uh much to steven's delight they also invite steven to come along with them much to pearl 
kind of like trepidation because it could be very dangerous. Uh, Steven, the Crystal Gems, they warp to the kindergarten to investigate, uh, though everything seems to be pretty much normal. Uh, nothing has been activated or even moved since they got there. Uh, they don't see Pear Dot anywhere, so they decide to split up and patrol the perimeter and make sure that she hasn't been here or see if there's any signs of Pear Dot. Uh, Steven uh, goes on his own way but accidentally stumbles upon an elevator where Pear Dot is rising up. Uh, not noticing him at first, Peridot is recording a log about her experiments, mentioning that some of them are developing early. Uh, Peridot is startled by Steven standing there, uh, and she looks around, she's like, are the rest of your people with you? And there's a lovely little gag where Steven starts shaking his head no, but then starts shaking his head yes, and Peridot's like, well, god damn it. <laughs> um, a fight ensues where, uh, basically Peridot's trying to get away from the Crystal Gems, um, and she just fucking go-go gadget copters the fuck out of the scene like Team Rocket, uh, laughing maniacally as Amethyst and, uh, Pearl chase after her. Garnet is like, well, while they have her, uh, busy, let's go take a look down this elevator and see what the fuck she was up to. Uh, they get down there and there appears to be, um, basically what look like core samples, uh, big pillars uh, of rock and stone that have been pulled out of the ground. Um, the control panel is still offline and they're kind of confused about what's going on when, uh, a bunch of like limbs, hands and feet and shit like that, that are all fused together at different points, start crawling out. Uh, they freak out and poof one of them and realize that they are gem shards that have been forced together. Um, and, uh, this, immediately sort of throws Garnet off of her game, and then one of the larger fusion experiments starts to take form. Uh, it's this horrifying scene where, like, light spreads out, and we see all of the forms of the gems who are being, uh, the, the shards of the gems who are being forced together kind of scream out, and then they snap back together and form, like, a fucking monster made, it, like, a hand made out of arms and hands that is also, like, bipedal. It's the worst thing. It starts fighting Garnet, who is basically having a panic attack while this is happening. Uh, Steven is pleading with Garnet to get it together. She's not acting like herself. She's almost splitting up. She turns the light and starts to split up till finally she gets her shit together. Um, and she poofs the giant hand monster. Uh, we then get a conversation between the two parts of Garnet in the form of Ruby and Sapphire. Uh... Uh, with Ruby being mad about what uh, Homeworld has has done with the idea of fusion, uh, Sapphire reassuring Ruby that it's not their fault uh, for being Crystal Gems for fighting in the war. This isn't a punishment. Um, finally, Pearl and Amethyst come into the scene. Uh, Garnet instructs them that they need to poof and bubble all of the little gem gremlins that are running around. Uh, back at the temple, Stephen is, uh, going upstairs to do his laundry, uh, a washer and dryer that sit at the top of the hand that are not connected to anything but still function. <laughs> um, Stephen then asks Garnet what it's like to be a fusion. Uh, she tells him that he knows he's fused, and he's like, yeah, but, like, what's it mean to be a fusion all the time? And Garnet goes into how when you're a fusion, 
you're not really two people, you're one person, and the your former identities might as well be the names for your left and your right hand. They're two parts of the same whole, uh, in that even when Ruby and Sapphire are split up, Garnet is the embodiment of the love that those two have. So even if she's not physically formed, she does still exist in that love that they share. But the love that they share is extremely strong, um, and that's why she can stay fused for such long periods of time. Um, uh, and uh, about that time, a sock blows a blue sock off of uh, Stephen's pile. Garnet catches it uh, and picks up a red sock and says that uh, they shouldn't break up a pair and mates them together. Uh, and then star wipe the end. So, uh, this is the horrifying episode of the triplets that we've come to expect, you know, one, you know, every I think triplet. It's, been a, it's been a hot minute since we've had just an abjectly horrifying thing happen on the show. I don't think anything horrifying happened last week or last. I time. mean, in an existential fashion, like everything in sworn to the so- sworn to the sword is, uh, True, but it's kind not of, horror movie shit. <laughs> no, no, it was just more existentially terrifying. It's true, it's true. Um, it's interesting that there seems to be a mini-theme of the season so far. Uh, and I guess it will probably continue, like, I, me using my future knowledge, uh, know that it will continue kind of through that the, like, fusion is the theme functionally i think of this season uh there's like a lot of talk about fusion and relationships uh Mm -hmm. and how those develop and stuff like that so that's real real interesting to see um i feel so bad for like uh amethyst at the very beginning when they mention like what the gems that are being grown in a kindergarten do like you can just see the shame on her face true which it sucks but it's also true you know yeah i mean i'm not i'm not saying they're wrong it's just it it sucks sucks for amethyst yeah I mean, in some ways, though, it does kind of show some of her character growth because it's not something that she lashes out about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it still hurts. And Pearl's not saying it to hurt. It, it, like, she seems sort of hesitant to say it anyways. Yeah. Like, but, you know, it is the truth and what they have to do. And Steven needs to know what the stakes are. So mm-hmm. um, good foreshadowing with... Um, Garnet saying there's nothing there we can't handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Garnet. Oh, Garnet. Uh, I like to think that jank is like an actual swear word in the Steven Universe <laughs> world. <laughs> that, like, yeah. I just need to re-edit that. I bet you I can find uh, a sound clip of Estelle saying fucked <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and just, like, edit it back in. Um... Man, this episode is just, like, fucking a lot, man. <laughs> yeah. I did think it was cute how Steven can't lie. 
It's true. Oh, before that, when Steven is like walking off, I don't know if you could hear it on your audio, but because I was listening to the episode the second time with my headphones on, mm-hmm. you can hear the flippy floppy noise when Steven walks from his flip flops. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I bet that's been happening the whole time. I've just never noticed it, but it's great. I love that that's there. Uh, give this show a post humorous. Uh, what do what do cartoons get? Uh, the WWE Hall of Fame Awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah that nodding gag is just so good <laughs> it's it's real good it's really really <laughs> just good the way it evolves like it goes on for so long Stephen being like yeah 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 just yeah. paradox being like of course they're here yeah this is good great love it um <laughs> uh pearl is fucking out for goddamn blood the second Peridot shows up. Yeah. She's like, uh-huh. I will fucking murder you into a thousand pieces. Well, I mean, we've already seen Garnet be like, I will fucking murder you into a thousand pieces, so I guess it was Pearl's turn. Um. Yeah, I guess so. I, it's weird that Amethyst is never like that. Like, she gets, she gets hot in the middle of battle. Right? But she's never like, I will fucking murder you forever. (laughs) So far, at least. She probably will be at some point. Maybe. I don't know. Like, her approach to violence has always seemed a little different from Pearls and Garnets anyway. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, I don't know. For them, violence is a means to an end that isn't even necessarily a desirable means, mm-hmm. but Amethyst is the one that we see actively taking joy in fighting. I don't know. It may just be reflective of their different attitudes towards it. Like true, they have Amethyst. a different. Like the Amethyst started fighting because like she was discovered as like a kid by these three ex freedom fighters who you know, now protect, like, solemnly protect the world. They, You know, they were superheroes by the time mm-hmm. Amethyst joined up with them, uh, where Pearl and Garnet are, you know, they're ex-soldiers who are doing this. So, yeah. you know, they have a tendency to go to a different place when they start doing stuff. Yeah. Grizzled um, war veterans and all. Yeah. I wrote here, the whip is indeed hot. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I'm a fucking monster. <laughs> That's okay. I wrote something else because I'm a fucking monster, but it's later in the episode, so it's fine. Oh, okay, good. We'll get there. Uh, fuck. All right. So I guess we're there at the, like, everything about the immersion emergence of these fucking uh, awful, like, gym fusion experiment things is just fucking terrifying. It's bad. Awful. Uh, the music is great. Like those deep fucking 808s. Uh, and then the chaotic like overtones to mm-hmm. sort of like better exemplify what's going on with these things is fucking phenomenal. Like continues to be one of the better scored cartoons out there. Yeah. 100%. Uh and just like the ramping tension of Garnet, because like there's no real danger here if Garnet's fighting back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, like good way of taking your heavy out of the fight. 
uh, while not just, like, sidelining her through this thing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, they did a really good job of, like, building the uh, mood here and making it believable that Garnet would be so deeply distraught that she couldn't do anything about what what was going on. Right. And continuously ramping the tension through that scene. Like, they drug out Garnet not fighting back for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and it, it like, it, it, they did a really good job of just, like, teasing out that energy into, like, Garnet. Like, you're like, oh, is she gonna, like, because you could decide, like, oh, she's gonna unfuse here. Like, you know. Which I guess would have been bad. I don't know if Ruby and Sapphire could, like, handle these things by themselves or not. Um... But yeah, that whole everything is really just like fucking great. Uh, the the emergence of the fucking gym monster, yeah, like with the glitching, like the glitching audio effects and everything. Uh, just from a visual design standpoint, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, like whoever pitched the idea of like, what if it's a hand made out of arms? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like goddamn. Uh, what if it's a hand made out of cats? <laughs> ah, it's true. Um, They're good at the hand horror. It's true. They go back to hands pretty often. Um, I wonder how many hand-based monsters there are in Ava. Eva. Uh, I don't rightly remember. <laughs> um, Let's see. Steven continues to be the only emotionally open person in the entire Crystal Gems. Yep. I mean, I guess it's good that he's here for all of them, but... Yeah, <laughs> Everybody, it's... please. Please, he's just a child. He's but a boy. Uh, the, like, the Garnet talk about fusion is really good, though. Like, it explains this a very complicated concept for this for this show's lore mm -hmm. uh in a i feel like a very like good and succinct sort of way yes agreed uh, especially considering it's probably like looking kind of forward it looks like it's decidedly going to be yeah fusion is the is the main focus of the next uh one, two, three, four, five, six episodes. Hmm. Actually, seven. Uh, so, like, I guess they really need to hammer home the ideas of, uh, of fusion here. I mean, it's good. They need to because it's a very complicated concept and could be if not handled correctly, doesn't make a whole lot of sense or doesn't have the same thematic weight as they obviously want it to have. Yeah, or it could be wildly misconstrued. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it still is wildly misconstrued, <laughs> even amongst the yeah. fans. So, Because, like, I don't know. Fusion is just a metaphor for relationships, not just romantic ones. And yeah. it's kind of hard to get that through some people's heads. In the fandom. Yeah. I mean, a lot of fusions are romantic relationships. Uh, but not all of them. So. But they are all about relationships, which I think is very... It's a very 
interesting way to put a sci-fi twist on your on your metaphor i feel like mm-hmm. um like getting into a big robot together i know right yeah a red and a blue sock are not a, a pair that they, they are in fact a pair that should be broken up because they're not a pair that's quitter talk also <laughs> the the horrible thing i wrote was <laughs> her fingers were too fast <laughs> uh who said that amethyst pearl pearl mm. there's no there's not a whole lot of show backing up of like a ship between pearl and peridot not that that doesn't stop anyone on the internet but <laughs> uh there's much more meat on the bones for some other relationships between yeah. peridot and other people so yeah, I know. Uh, I know a Lapidot shipper. I know an Amadot shipper. So, okay. Anything else about keeping it together? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think it's gonna be. Um. Yeah, the next actual horror, horrifying episode is going to be coming up in, like, eight episodes from now. Mm. Um, though there are, much like last last time that we recorded, there will be other horrifying things, just not in a traditional horror sense. Yeah. Um, Steven Universe, a show that does not know what chill means. Yeah. Okay. So, next up... We have We Need to Talk, uh, debuted on June 18th, 2015, uh, written by Hilary Florido, Katie Mitroff, and Rebecca Sugar. Um, I can see why Rebecca was on this particular one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the synopsis, Greg tells Stephen and Connie the story of how he learned about gym fusion. Sure. No, that's not I, what that's I would another... have gone with. Yeah, another six out of ten. Yeah, that's that's another with just a little bit extra. It could have been a passing grade. Yeah. The episode opens with Stephen and Connie helping Greg organize his old albums at the van. Uh, in the middle of the project, Connie mentions uh, that her knowledge of Greg's music is pretty limited because her parents don't really listen to this sort of stuff. They basically kind of listen to just like movie soundtracks and classical music. Um, glad. Uh, happy at the chance to play some new music for Connie. Greg puts on the album. I love this fucking album. I'm glad it's, it's right so here. It's so good. Nietzsche's Breakdown by the Philosophy Majors, <laughs> which is like a 60s jangle pop sort of vibe. Um, uh, While listening to the song, Stephen and Connie start dancing, uh, resulting in them fusing into Stevani. Uh, Greg is fucking floored by this discovery and they they promptly unfuse. Greg asks them uh uh how how the fuck this be and Steven's like we don't really know. Uh and then Greg t- talks starts talking about the story about how he his kind of like first experience with Jim Fusion. Uh he pops in a VC or pops in a VCR. He pops a cassette into the VCR on his um show where we cut to basically a flashback. Um, it's a music video that Greg is recording in the 90s, I'm pretty sure, 
uh, duet between he and Rose. Amethyst is playing the drums. Garnet is playing the guitar. Uh, Pearl is not part of the band because she's a salty monster this episode. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't want to have fun. Um, as they sing their song, uh, Greg launches into the solo uh, where uh, Pearl decides to have basically to continue being a salty monster. Uh, she convinces Rose to fuse into rainbow quartz uh, and they do a uh, cool sort of flash dance, like kind of like a slow moody flash dance style dance. Cause rainbow quartz kind of has that sort of like, uh, you know, that jazzercise eighties headband and leg warmer sort of look. Um, and uh, the song ends with uh, them unfusing, and Greg's like, what the fuck was that? And uh, Rose poorly explains what fusion is before leaving. Uh, as Rose is going off, uh, Pearl is like, uh, Pearl basically calls Greg a phase, and Greg is like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um they continue to snipe at each other with Pearl saying that he's never going to really mean anything to Rose because he's a human. He doesn't understand things like fusion. Uh, he's a flash in the pan. I mean, technically he is because theoretically Rose would have lived for, you know, an infinite amount of time after this, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, she says that humans can't fuse and Greg is like, well, has anyone ever tried? And Pearl's like, well, no, he's like, well, I'm going to be the first motherfucker to do it. Uh, Greg then studies the video, uh, trying to figure out exactly the dance that Pearl and Rose did. Uh, Garnet comes up, sort of explained to him that to really fuse what he needs to do is like have a body made out of pure light and be a space alien. Um, and Greg is like, well, that's not ever going to happen because I am in fact a flesh human man. Uh, Garnet, uh, gets Amethyst out of the scene a little bit so they can have some privacy and gives him the advice that, like, she thinks that he can do it, but the dance isn't going to be the way that he, he does it. He needs to open up. He needs to get honest. He needs to make a real connection with Rose. Uh, smash cut over to Greg. He's waiting at the back of the van for Rose. He set up this elaborate dance floor. Uh, when Rose shows up, he puts on the, the music and they start dancing, uh, it's lights up. He has these little boxes set up so he can twirl up them and be on the same level as Rose. Um, it all culminates into him giving her like a big dip and kissing her. Uh, and then they do not fuse. Uh, Greg is like, we didn't fuse. And Rose loses it at this point. She starts laughing. She's like, that's not like <laughs> you can't fuse. Uh, you're a human. And he's like, um, that's the problem. Like he's enjoyed the f last few months, but uh, he's worried about the future. Uh, he then asks if Rose respects him to which she sort of laughs off, not taking him very seriously. Um, Greg gets angry, asking her to talk to him like he's a real person. Rose is taken aback by this. She's at a loss for words, stating that she is not a real person. Um, and kind of thinking that he already realized that Greg at this point realizes like, Jesus fucking Christ, I, I'm dating a goddamn alien. Rose is, is fucking taken aback by this on why he's having such a, a like a, a big reaction to this and it's freaking her out. Um, Greg replies that he has concerns about the relationship working due to the vast 
difference between the two of them. Uh, Rose asks what they should do, and Greg's like, well, maybe we should just talk, have a fucking conversation like two people do. Um, Greg and Rose talk about their, you know, they're a little bit about their pasts, about their feelings, about what's happening. Uh, Greg is kind of concerned, like, you know, asks Rose how he, she got a hold of the crystal gems, which she says is, uh, you know, they're three very long stories. Um, they talk about loving, you know, other human beings, which to, to which Rose admits to having loved human beings and other human beings in the past. Uh, and he asks, Greg asks her, uh, if she's ever been in love with any of them. And she's like, well, what does, what does being in love mean? Um, to you, I think more specifically, and Greg replies that it's torture. Greg, or Rose asks Greg if their relationship is torture to him, and he tells her that she is, that is, but she, to which she apologizes. Greg says that she shouldn't apologize, which very much confuses Rose, and then they kind of bond over their, like, confusion, how weird this is, how, you know, how odd this thing is. Um, we cut back to, um the present day where greg is like listen connie all this gym shit it's gonna get weird as things go along and if you ever need somebody to help keep you grounded who understands uh i'm always here to talk um connie thanks him they're like human beings and like high five and then steven clutches his gym whispering human beings to himself uh star wipe at the end Oh, whoa, wait. Uh, shit. A train just pulled up in front of my house, and it says the Rose Quartz Disrespect Zone on the side of it. I guess we need to get on. Uh, I hate Rose Quartz. (laughs) Choo-choo, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, Uh, my God. I hate her so much. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't understand what Greg sees in her beyond, like, her big, because... Holy shit, what a terrible person she is. It's true. Uh, man, this episode is horny as hell, too. Yeah. This is uh-huh. a horny episode. Hose this episode down. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. Um, but also, I hate Rose Quartz, but first of all, oh my god, Steven and Connie are so cute. They're so cute. It, it's fucking, it, it's destructive how cute they are. I also love Connie being like, please don't tell my parents. <laughs> I wrote here, quote, magic stuff with Steven. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, also, we need to talk about the fucking great names for these albums. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> so good. Um, uh, Greg continues to be the best dad in all of cartoons. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Stephen Connie fucking absolute ador- adorbs land. Yes, very uh, cute. Improperly setting the tone for the episode. Very much so. Uh, the art continues to be fucking dope in this fucking show. Yes. Like, all over the place in this episode, just swinging for the fucking fences art-wise. Um, yeah. Phenomenal use of color. Yes. I wrote, can so, I just randomly in the notes here, it says, hey, can someone hose this episode down, please? Mm-hmm. Uh, just get a squirt bottle. Mm-hmm. Fritz it in the face every time it gets too horny. Go get the bat. Uh, um, 
the the song is pretty good. I like that song. Yes, um, it's it's a good song, mm-hmm. but like God, I hate Rose's part of it. True. I think um, you're. I, I mean, mean, okay. I don't think like, you're not supposed to hate Rose in this episode. I I don't think I'm not supposed to hate Rose in this episode either. I think this episode is supposed to portray her in a very poor light. And boy, howdy, does, does it. it? Yeah, they they nail nail making her look like yeah. a fucking dick. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. I guess let, let, we'll we'll get to it here real quick. Let me get through some other tiny notes here real quick. Uh, Pearl, I wrote here in my notes, Pearl is so salty in this episode, my fields are now fallow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean. She has reason to be. I get yeah, it. I can't, I can't blame her. Like, I don't like what she's doing, especially no. because Greg doesn't deserve that. No, she's like, just like fucking vicious to Greg. Yeah. Greg doesn't deserve any of the shit that Pearl has done slash is doing because, like, it's not his fault Rose is a shitty person. Mm-hmm. And it's not his fault that Rose treated her poorly. Right. Um, Amethyst is just a general delight through this entire episode. Yes. Baby yes. Gremlin Amethyst uh, might be the best version of Amethyst so far. <laughs> I love her. She's so good. Uh, I also like that Garnet's advice to Greg about fusion is, have you tried having a healthy relationship? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that 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 shouldn't. Uh... What does. Hold on a second. There, did you see? Get you, did you just get that update from the Greg channel or Craig channel? Yes, I did. What does this mean? I don't know. I didn't look at too closely at it. Uh, What's a stage channel? Message isn't loading. Oh, well, we'll, we'll get to it in a bit, I guess. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, yeah. All right. Let's get it. Like, that's it. That's all the rest of the notes. Oh, except for, like, poor Steven at the end. Yeah. Um. I I had the note of awe. Wingman Garnet is so nice. It's true. Like, I appreciate the fact that she is not against Greg and that she can see that Greg is a good person who doesn't well, deserve to be treated like poop. Yeah. Um. And uh, why is Greg so smooth? Yeah, Greg um, continues to be able to definitely be able to get it. Yeah, like... <laughs> The whole thing about needing to share his light with her and then having the light up dance floor and and things like that. It's just like, oh, my God, like that is so fucking smooth. What the fuck? I know. Like, I, <laughs> I like also small note in the episode where like Greg's like these last few months have been great. And then and then Rose is like, yeah, they have been. I'm like, Jesus, show <laughs> Calm the fuck down. <laughs> Put another dollar in the horny jar. Yeah. I mean, given if, like, Greg had swept me off my feet like that, I'd be ready to just, like, bone down right there on the beach, but... That's fair. Yeah. Uh. But, yeah, it's... Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really good. But, yeah, uh uh-huh. Let's get on this train. Let's get on... (laughs) Choo-choo!
I'm, I might find a real train sound effect to put in here to like signify that we've entered the the. I don't know why it's a train. Uh, <laughs> um. So this is so Ooh. weird. Because like the arc of this episode is obviously like. Rose starts off aloof and ambivalent Mm -hmm. and takes the the first tiniest step toward, like, being a decent person by the end of it. Yeah. Um, Which I think is good, like, because there's got to be a reason nice Greg, like, good guy Greg stayed with Rose this long. Mm Mm-hmm. And we know that their relationship before Stephen was born was very was was not an insignificant amount of time. Yes, uh, because we've seen young Greg and we've seen Greg in the video right before Stephen was born, and there there there's obviously an amount of time that passes in those two things. Yes. Um. So, and it it it's not, and Greg has these fond memories and doesn't know d- doesn't have any. Of the, like, you know, millennia of baggage with Rose that the other gems do. Uh, but, so, like, fucking Jesus Christ, Rose is a fucking asshole in this episode. She's so bad. Just sees him like, as, like, a literal, actual plaything. Yeah. He's, he's just entertainment to her. He's, like, not an actual person worth an actual relationship and even the quote-unquote actual relationship she has with Pearl, it's like, Pearl is obviously hurting this entire fucking time. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no way that Rose would should be able to miss that as a fusion with her. Right. And she's, I mean, even like, when they're fused together, Rainbow Quartz is still, like, giving a shit-looking like, shit Greg. <laughs> Yeah, like the pearl set of eyes are glaring daggers at Greg, which is yeah. a great animation note too. Like the dichotomy oh, really between good. the two sets of eyes is fucking phenomenal. It is so good. Well, I but think it's- that mixture. So it's interesting. This will come up again, specifically with fusing with Pearl, very soon, literally next week. Um. Uh. <laughs> uh I don't know how much actual thought and intention is shared when you're a fusion. Because Pearl, we will see that Pearl has, when she fuses, can sometimes have ulterior motives. And it doesn't get caught upon by the person that she's fusing with. So maybe that level, it may be the level of connection, like, it may be that they don't have that same healthy i think it's you know it's a metaphor for an actual relationship you know what i mean Mm. so like garnet is better at this uh like garnet seems to have this free flow of ideas and emotions between the like the ruby and sapphire half unless she's under a significant amount of stress like we saw in the previous episode yeah but that was that was you know a super outlier for garnet otherwise usually it's it, it's this free flow uh, of um uh, of emotions and thoughts between the two yeah but, and i mean stevani yeah. seemed to be a similar kind of like free free thought flow yeah like there didn't seem to be 
you know, there were certain things where they realized that they were doing things like, you know, getting two donuts, and then they realized, oh, there's not two people right now, there's just me. But, like, um, overall, up, up until, like, the defusion in that episode, like, they seemed pretty in sync, and, like, there didn't seem to be much distinction between Stephen Half and Connie Half. Yeah. But it seems like, I, I think maybe fusions with Pearl are probably less at this point in her character development seem to be significantly less stable. Mm. Probably because she's not interacting with people in healthy ways because the relationships that she's having with people at those times are not healthy. Yeah. Um, And it's just like, even so like, yeah, if she has like Rose can perceive the world around her and like, it's a pearl is not fucking hiding shit because like when she starts like sniping at greg it's obvious that these two have been doing this for a hot minute already yeah like it's just it it goes back to at any point during what we know of rose's relationship with pearl she could have treated pearl like an equal and chose not to yeah exactly same with greg until the end of this episode where Greg forces her to engage with him on the same level. Yeah. And it may like, and it's interesting because I wonder like no one does that to Rose. Yeah. Up until this point. Cause Greg doesn't have any fucking, he doesn't know her as like Rose course, the revolutionary or pink diamond, the diamond, but like the, Rose being Pink Diamond is not common knowledge even amongst the people that she's interacting with. Um, mm. So Greg is oh, Greg only knows how to treat her as a person on an equal equal footing. I mean, that's not to say that like that's a deficiency in the other people. Like Rose just has this poor understanding about the separation, the boundary, and the level of like power dynamic that she has in relationships. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that she can't have those relationships with people, but she needs to be aware of them and go through the work to to have those on to be on an equal footing with the people around her. Yeah, because frankly, at this point, you know, it's thousands of years after the end of the war. She's not really their fucking commander anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you guys, they all live in a fucking cave on the outside of a New England town. Like, yeah, uh, the war is done at that point. Um, they do a great job visually, though, with it, too, of, like, raising Greg up to her level, like, physically with the yes. boxes. Just, just perfect blocking. Like, if I were blocking this for a play, that's the shit I would do. Like, I mean, it's a simple visual metaphor, but a lot of fucking times people don't go for it, so. Yeah. The and basic, I mean, there's like, nothing, yeah. there, there's nothing wrong with going for the basics, like, you know. They fucking work. Yeah, they work and, for a reason. Yeah, and when executed well, it's, you know, it it's good. Like, it's effective. You you don't have to mess with it too much. But, yeah, I noticed that, um, I noticed that I thought it was very, it was a very good touch. Um, but, oh my god. So many meaning, like so many meanings to to Rose's not a real person line too. Yeah, so many sets up setups for the 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 rest of the series. 
Um, it's interesting that Steven Universe decides to take, like, like, showing a relationship that's not currently healthy and the people in it taking the steps to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, Rose continues to be a fucking asshole at this point. And maybe yeah. she becomes less asshole-ish as things go along. Or she leaves things unresolved, because that's what happens when you die. You know? Yeah. Um, You can't tie up all the loose ends in your life. Sometimes, because you physically can't, or maybe they're too, you know, in this, in the, the, uh, in, in the case of Rose, probably because they're too painful or too hard to deal with. Um... I finally figured out why I've been hearing a very slight echo only in my headphones and speakers, but only oh. when I'm recording. It's because the live mix knob on my uh, my interface was not turned all the way to the side. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, but yeah, like... You know, it, and I can only assume that, like things get better from here. Otherwise, it, Greg has proven in this episode he wouldn't have stayed with Rose if she didn't get better to be with. I yeah. think. Because, like, he was... If she had probably refused to talk, engage with him like a person, you know, he probably would have fucking walked. Like, Greg has himself fucking respect, you know? Yeah. Um, 100%. Our boy's independent. He don't need... He don't need no giant woman. <laughs> He wants him a giant woman, and that's fair. We all want us a giant woman. Uh, yes. But he don't need it. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, just fucking big, heavy fucking episode. Great, like, again, like, b- making us hate this, like, building Rose up and then just continuously making you second guess and wonder what the fucking deal with her is throwing just ink into the pool of rose quartz is such a big fucking swing for this show. Like, seems like a very scary thing <laughs> to, to, to do for a children's television show. Mm-hmm. Um, or any sort of, like, frankly, any sort of show. Like, I... I don't know. I I know that I cannot think of anything now that I'm trying to think of it, but like (laughs) the deconstruction of like an idolized hero in other other media, I can't I cannot think of one, not even not even one. Um, But they do go through it in an interesting way here. Mm -hmm. I know there are more and I just cannot think of a single fucking title. Uh, So, okay. Anything else about we need to talk? <sighs> I'm renaming it. It's no longer the 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 Rose Rose Quartz disrespect zone train. It is the Riley Hopkins Memorial Rose <laughs> disrespect zone? Riley is still alive. Don't worry. Fuck Rose Quartz zone. Zones in uh, their place. So I just <laughs> I just. Uh, like I can't even begin to express how frustrating it is to see Rose act like this and like I genuinely don't feel like what we get at the end 
is enough to like pull my my esteem of this character out of the nosedive. I don't think it's supposed to. They the show does not. I I can I can tell you right now, like the show continues to hold. I I think it's the show wants you to realize like. Rose was a, a very flawed individual that mm-hmm. did care about people, but wasn't great at doing it. And key people cared about her, and they were also not great about doing it. And Rose did hurt a lot of people in her life, uh, but she also had the, you know you can be a there's a possibility of being a bastard to a lot of fucking people, and then. St- still being nice to some other people and what kind of complicated legacy people like that leave behind. Um, because parents are a motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, is basically what Rose Quartz is, is parents are a motherfucker wrapped up into a character. Yeah. Um, because I can tell you once we get to like the last season of Steven universe and Steven universe future, like they do not continue. Like they never, shy away from showing you that Rose Quartz was a fucking piece of shit and that you like, and that the things that she did were wrong in multiple occasions. But also okay, she I, did have these relationships with people, you know, I I think I, I think I realized what was bothering me is just how did Greg not see this? Like he saw her not, he saw her not thinking of him as a person and only thinking of him as a plaything. But how did he not see how poorly she was treating Pearl? Uh, we will reckon with this. Okay. We get there. I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe like Pearl soaked up all of my love for messy, complicated women. Uh, and so there's nothing left for Rose Quartz. No. Because you should not. Rose or, or Pearl is a, is a messy, complicated person. Rose is a complicated person. A messy comp like they're both messy complicated people but like rose is definitely the person who is causing the hurt in a number in most situations that she's in sometimes intentionally most of the time unintentionally um but rose is like a natural disaster of a person mm-hmm. um where she's not malicious but the fucking damage is still getting done I, uh, see, I do, I do enjoy those characters, though. I do often enjoy those characters, and so the the it, difference it also of, might be that we don't we get to hear Pearl talk about Pearl. You know what I mean? Pearl is still an ad, a character that can be ad, who can advocate for herself, mm. and what we're dealing with is just the like we're not dealing with Rose. We never actually deal with Rose. We only deal with the aftermath of Rose. Yeah. So that might be yeah. where that might be why you, you you cannot you cannot love this war criminal. Even though we are we are very capable of loving war criminals on this show. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Um great episode though. I love this episode. Oh yeah. Uh, it's good. top to bottom music visuals storytelling everything's running on all cylinders at this point in this sh- this series um all right anything else about we need to talk nope i think we're good okay we had a couple of questions comments in the discord if 
you want to talk in our Discord, you can. The link is in the description of the episode. Uh, we have a really cool community. You should come and hang out. Um, we always take episodes or questions for the episodes before we're recording, unless I forget. I've only forgotten like twice. I feel like this is a pretty solid track record for this. Um, and let's see. We have Elijah. Doop, doop, doop. Um... Elijah wanted to comment that the scene where uh, Ronaldo and Petey uh, hug in uh, Rising Tides is very cute. Like, um, they say, uh, I like that, I, I like for all that Ronaldo is a creep, he has his moments where he's not. I think that's nice. Like, no one's a one, like, even when you're the most, like, our... Arnon is, like, one of the most one-note characters in Steven Universe, and he still has a level of depth to him, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... We dunk on him a lot, but it is always nice to see that he's more than just his mall katanas and conspiracy theories. Right, he could be a way worse character, and in a worse show, he would be. Yeah. Um, basically, a lot of love. Uh, Creep of face is like Rising Tides, Crashing Skies is an underrated episode. I think that's true. There's a lot of hate for Ronaldo in the the uh, Steven Universe fandom, from what I've experienced, which is, I mean, fair. <laughs> like, but people like don't like him because he's like quote unquote annoying, and I'm like, yeah, he's supposed to be. That's yeah. What's going on with the character? Like, <laughs> yeah, if it. If it weren't for the QAnon thing, mm-hmm. making him, making his character archetype a lot less palatable, mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't have a problem with his character at all. I would have found him fun and quirky. I know that I would have enjoyed him a lot more if QAnon hadn't been a thing. Yeah. And honestly, if that episode, if the QAnon episode had not happened, and this was like our first deep Ronaldo conspiracy episode i think we would have a much better opinion of this is like way less this is just like funny documentary this is more dunking on goddamn uh history channel than it is anything yeah um you know unfortunately ronaldo is a you know he does own a fedora and he definitely tips it at people uh I wouldn't go so far as to say that like he's probably i don't think anyone in steven universe is straight um because uh, I bet th- I bet there was like a, a like a solid uh, baby Ronaldo crush on Lars. Uh, yeah, because everybody has to have bad taste and have a crush on Lars in in, in Beach City, apparently. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> um. But yeah, this is a decidedly an un- like 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 Creepface says it's not an amazing episode, but is it's a fun, well done episode. Like like we said, they execute the idea flawlessly. It's it's fun. It's cute. It's it, it serves a purpose, uh, unlike a lot of other filler episodes. Like it 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 has a function inside of the format. They must have known that this was going to like the the bomb format was coming mm-hmm. with this because like this is a great setup because they they really advertised the Steven bombs, and this feels like okay. So if this is going to be the format, this is our way of onboarding a whole lot of new people very quickly. So, good use of your time there. Um, 
but yeah, mostly about Aranon this week. Not as much, uh, we, they're, they're not as much, uh, just v- voracious Rose Quartz hate, uh, this week, <laughs> but it's also not sworn to sworn to the sword. It has a level of weight within the fandom that, that we need to talk does not have. Um, I, I don't know why it has a level of weight that we need to talk doesn't because probably in some because ways it came I feel first. like like it hit so I much it, like it hit first and hit so much harder. Uh, also, there was a gap between the first and second Stephen Bomb, which are, is what separates those two episodes. These two episodes. Mm, so there was fair. more more time for theorizing. So it had a bigger impact. And this, like, this was buried in the middle of the Stephen Bomb. It wasn't, like, you know, any kind of big thing that got built to. I guess. It just... It's bad. No, yeah. This Feels is, bad, Scoob. Also, at the end... Probably also at the end of this episode, Greg isn't emotionally devastated like Pearl is at the end of Sworn to the Sword. Yeah. Greg, a healthy person. Somewhat. Yeah. Let's not talk about the storage unit or fan. Uh. Uh. All right. I think that is it. So, hold on a second. I'm checking checking out the tree trivia. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, <laughs> Oh, apparently this episode got censored in the UK for being too too queer and horny when Rose and uh, Pearl are dancing in the beginning. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about the wouldn't know anything about the UK being mean to the to the fucking queers. Um, apparently there's a KK Slider poster. Uh, in Greg's van. <laughs> huh. Uh, okay, yeah, there's nothing. Oh my god! <laughs> Apparently the dance between Greg and Rose uh, has, is almost, ha- has many of the same dance steps and a similar glowing dance floor uh, to a scene in the adolescence of Utena, the like the Utena film where Utena and Anthe dance. <laughs> wow! This show will not. Yeah, n- I, they will not miss a chance to reference Utena. <laughs> I I feel bad because I I missed that. Like I'm usually fairly on the ball with the Utena references. I've but probably I only watched that, that movie one. like one time. Oh. Oh boy, I have watched it way more than that. It was harder for me to get a hold of than the actual series. So, and given I haven't watched the actual series in a hot minute either. So, um, I still have the original fan sub that I got from sending somebody I met on the internet uh, a VHS tape to get it copied and sent back to me, just like a near stranger on the internet, just to get anime. <laughs> we went once we're all vaccinated up uh that that's our we'll start a patreon if people will pay us and we'll 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 uh 
record our live commentary to this this VHS that August owns and then no one else can watch. That seems like that's how people make money on the internet, right? I uh <laughs> I own the DVD. We don't have to we don't have no, to we watch have the to VHS. Watch this fan okay. Sub. Do we- <laughs> you have a VCR? Yes. I have a fucking laser disc player, August. <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> Did you not know I had a laserdisc player? Oh, uh, that doesn't surprise me. I bought it. I bought it so uh, years ago, so I could watch like Star Wars unedited. That that's that's fair. It's the for a while there. It was the best, the best looking, easiest way to get an original cut of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, no, I. I remember. It wasn't. I remember yeah, it, wasn't it being that like. Oh, sorry, yeah. No, I remember it being like the best way to get you know high fidelity uh, versions of movies. <laughs> Things I own on Laserdisc: Star Wars, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Uh huh. <laughs> That's it. I own the, Crystal, the original trilogy and that. Crystal has a, an LD player and she has a bunch of laser discs. Um, and I remember during the housewarming party after everything had been hooked up, Crystal put on Jurassic Park. Ooh, that's a for good some one. reason. It looked like shit. <laughs> it looked so bad. Um, huh? I wonder what version she had. Cause like, well, here's the thing. Did you know? Here's your ancient technology uh, pop quiz for everybody. Did you know that Laserdisc is an entirely analog format? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wild. And it was it was also not- notoriously bad for uh, decaying. Yeah, disc rot is a big fucking deal. Yep. Um. So. Uh, that's why I only paid like I only got like a mid tier Laserdisc player because I'm like I'm not going to invest that much money in this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Ari was like that box arrived at the house and Ari's like what the fuck is this and I'm like oh I bought a Laserdisc player they're like why oh my god uh, that's neither here nor yep. there though yep exactly alrighty well next time we record we're going to have some special guests we are going to have Tanner and Lindsay from Not If I Reboot You first on uh, if you're listening to this uh I think the turnaround should be roughly the same week. Like, you should listen to this and then go to Not If I Reboot You First's uh, uh, feed, because it's a good show. You should listen to it. I like that show. We're going to be on their show as well, Um, and we're going to be – I'm just going to ruin it, I guess, for you, uh, because this comes out, I think, the day before their episodes come out. (laughs) Uh, no, don't ruin it. Okay. Let it be a surprise. You know what we're rebooting. You know you us. You know what we're about. Yeah. You've, you've met us before. We love, you've been with us. We love war criminals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what series? Fictional. Yeah, fictional. We, fictional we don't war like criminals. the real. We don't stand real for war criminals. Only the fake ones. Um. But yeah, you should check it out. Uh, it. We have a we have a very good list of bullet points put together for this. Uh, I can already hear their hour long time limit quaking in fear at the two of us talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but that should be great. You should check them out. It's not if I reboot you first. Should be on any of your podcatchers of choice. Um, Peace. Furiously opens up Twitter pages. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, there it is. Uh, their Twitter is uh, at N-I-I-R-Y-F, not if I reboot you first pod uh, on Twitter. Uh, and it's a great little show. Basically, they, they uh, pitch rebooting media properties uh to one another or guests come on and pitch them it's kind of like storyboarding fan fiction if you listen to our wonderful uh redoing or kubricking metal gear solid uh the series but ostensibly metal gear solid 5 with jeff stormer lots of similar vibes um so definitely definitely check them out uh, check us out on there. They're going to be on here next time. And next time, we're going to be going over episodes 62, 63, and 64, Chill Tide, Cry for Help, and Keystone Motel. Get your fucking feel vest on because we're coming. We're loaded for bear next time, y'all. Um, oh, right. Uh Oh, last time we had Riley do it. That's why I can't remember who did it last time. And I don't remember who did it before him, uh, before them. So uh, I pick you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, dear listeners, I exhort you: be like Cookie Cat and leave your family behind. Peace. Peace.